0: Entering the podcast. He's a six foot one shooting guard who wishes he was from Chicago. His heart is bigger than his wingspan, and he's the mind behind the madness of the hardball podcast. It's Derek Peterson. He's joined by a six foot two small forward from Tulsa, Oklahoma. He's the pride of the Bishop Kelly Comets. He respects the biz and he claims to be a big baller. It's George Story. And I'm your other co-host, Spencer Davis, and welcome to the Hardball
1: Podcast. What's up guys, we're recording this on a Sunday night and we all just watched Oklahoma City uh, kind of take apart Philadelphia down the stretch. Uh, George, do you have any thoughts on the Thunder post-Robertson beating Joel Embiid and the Fighting Sixers? Uh it's an impressive win, don't get me wrong.
2: I, I always enjoy a nice win, especially against Joel Embiid, who can't keep his mouth shut. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I don't think uh, I want to get my hopes up with the Andre Roberson situation because they – I mean it's just I, – I really don't want to talk about it because it's just super sad because as much crap we give Andre Roberson, he has actually been like the glue this year somehow – but I don't want to talk about it, Derek.
1: Yeah, it's Next really week. sad. I was at uh Nebraska men's basketball game last night when that injury happened. I was streaming the game on my laptop, and that injury happened, and I banged my head on the desk so hard that everybody on press row was like, whoa, what just happened? And I was like, I'm crying, guys. Um, we'll talk about Dre in a second because he's another in a string of injuries that happened this last week because a ton of stuff happened last week, uh, but I have a hot take for you guys and it's really spicy and I think that that's the way we're gonna get this one kicked off. First, I want to ask, what do you guys think of when you think of Joel Embiid? Uh, he's a great basketball player, but I think he's kind of an a
2: hole. Are you but, hating Joel Embiid right now? Well, like I think he's I think he's
1: fun, but like
2: at the same time, he's just he talks way too much crap for my liking, which is coming from me who talks a load of crap. Yeah.
0: So, George, Joel
2: Embiid should be your
1: favorite player.
2: Well, he's not because anybody that talks to our Lord and Savior the way he does should not be allowed to Savior. touch the basketball.
1: Lord and Savior being Russell Westbrook and not yes. you know, the actual Lord and Savior.
2: Why do you think the Thunder never lose
1: on Sunday? He's the second coming.
0: <laughs> Derek, I hope your take is hotter than that.
1: Yes, it is. Uh, Spencer, is is Joel Embiid like a top five center for you? Um. Just like yes or no, I don't need a long explanation.
0: Well, it depends on durability. I mean, if he's on the floor, then yeah, I would say so. I don't think I can name – if you're assuming health, I can't name five centers better than Joel Embiid.
2: Okay, Spencer, so here, it was a yes or no
0: question. <laughs> well, when he's played like 60 games in his career, I think I can qualify it with a durability.
1: Okay, so here's my hot I'd take. I'd say yes. Joel Embiid is the most overrated player in the NBA right now. Damn. Uh, I don't even know what to do with that. Okay, um, so uh,
0: he's <laughs> he's he, like the most versatile guy. No, I mean no, he's
1: not. He can't shoot threes. He's twenty nine percent from three this season. Uh, seven still? attempts come within ten feet of the basket, and he's shooting sixty percent on those. By comparison, Stephen Adams takes eight attempts from similar range, shoots at a better percentage. So does Ennis Cantor. Hassan Whiteside, who Joel Embiid likes to clown all the time, shoots better. On the same number of shots from that range. Outside of five feet, Joel Embiid is shooting 39%. He's almost at five turnovers and four fouls per 36 minutes. He's injury prone. He doesn't move his foot well on defense. He talks way too damn much and pisses other people off. I was watching the game.
0: That's a feature,
1: not a bug. It's the same. It works the same. He pissed off Russell Westbrook. Uh, tonight, and Russ just went nuclear after that. Like, that dunk that he had on Russell Westbrook, he woke Russell up. Like, you can't be doing that against other players.
0: Patrick Beverly pissed off Russell last year, and the Rockets still won that series. I mean... Because okay, they had a good different team.
1: Yeah, different, different thing.
0: Well, I'm just saying, like, it's not a straight-line rule that if you piss Russell Westbrook off, he's gonna beat you.
1: No, it's not a straight-line um, rule, but, I mean, he has I a tendency... I would not want to piss off that guy. ...of getting other people to wake up. And I just, I just think that... If he's outside of five feet, he's not doing much for you offensively. And I don't like what he gives you defensively. He blocks a ton of shots, but that's because he's huge. Um, And I feel like everybody talks about Embiid like he's the second coming and of of like Hakeem Olajuwon and is going to be the greatest center that's ever touched a basketball. And I just don't think that that's the case. Like he could be really, really good, but he can't stay healthy. And that that has to weigh into it.
0: He, he hadn't missed a game this year, has he?
1: he's missed a ton of games this year.
0: But not for like one mate for one specific injury. It's he been had, he had a back rash.
1: injury that kept him out for a couple weeks. He doesn't play the back end of back to backs. Uh after they played the Thunder the first time, he missed like six games because Steven Adams put him in a wheelchair. Like you remember that. He just Yeah, he had had
0: the season ender, which is why I, I guess I have the perception that he uh has been playing more. But I don't know.
1: Embiid? George, do you have any thoughts?
0: No, I have no thoughts.
2: I just know the Thunder won, and that's all I care about. They're 30 and 20, guys. They're going to sneak up on the Spurs. I can feel it. How many
0: times did you fire Billy Donovan this season?
2: Uh, 20 times. They've lost 20 times, so 20 times.
0: And after, like, the first 12 games when the Thunder were in trouble, I said, uh, hey, wait, give it another 20 games or so, and they'll figure it out. And he said, no, fire Billy Donovan now. Let Mo Cheeks do it. They respect him. I, I didn't David say Mo Cheeks. I said David Fisdell. And I still think This is David even Fizdell, before Fisdell was available.
2: I, I think Fisdell. I still think Fisdell would be a better coach than Donovan. With right now? Game.
0: Like middle of the season? Yeah, dog. No, no. You can't do that middle of the season. Especially the Thunderbolt, what? Is it seven in a row? Eight in a row? Eight in a row. All I know is eight they're,
2: they're going to win it all. I can feel it. But they're not really. But they Not really
0: that Roberson, I don't think, unless they make a trade. No, dude. How.
1: How does that happen? A week ago I predicted that the Thunder were gonna win the, the NBA championship. You guys, all, you guys talked me into to going full on and then Andre Robertson gets hurt.
2: Bro, let me let me read this off real quick. Gimme give, give me a second. Keep talking. Give me a second. Okay.
1: Uh yeah, so in the last week we've lost Demarcus Cousins for the season to a ruptured Achilles. We've lost Andre Robertson for the season for a ruptured patellar tendon. Mike Conley is officially out for the year. Kawhi Leonard is still out. It's just a sad time for NBA injuries. Okay, okay, wait, I'm ready. Okay, Sorry, go for Derek. it. Go for it.
2: Okay, I I just want to prove that the Thunder are the most unlucky team in NBA history. Okay, as a franchise
1: okay. in NBA uh,
2: history. Ready? Are you ready? 2013, Russell Westbrook injures his knee. 2014, Serge Ibaka hurts his calf. 2015, Kevin Durant breaks his foot. 2016, 2017, KD leaves. We're not going to talk about that one. And 2018, Andre Roberson, whatever, the ruptured is patella thingy,
0: whatever that is. Like, that is ridiculous. Like, how unlucky could this group get? This Roberson in- in- injury is not on the same level as Ross or KD. could be. No. This
2: because the defense, in the right about this. If they start losing games, this could be like it could break up the whole the whole group. Like but Paul we, George literally said a week ago, like, oh, I want to stay here. And now they could get bounced in the first round just because Andre Roberson
0: got hurt. But okay, the difference is, is that we're going to talk about this in a minute, I think, that Roberson has – Roberson's a very good player, and he was a glue guy and very important. But the, you can go get another Andre Roberson-type player on the trade market before the deadline. There's still a couple weeks before the deadline. No, you can't. I think the fans expect Sam Presti to at least – Give his best effort at making a move, whereas Russell Westbrook gets hurt in the playoffs. Kevin Durant gets hurt. There is no replacement for Kevin Durant in the entire NBA, arguably in NBA history. There isn't a Kevin Durant replacement. Russell Westbrook got hurt uh, in the postseason. Can't do anything there. It's past the trade deadline. This is one situation where Sam Presti still has some control of the situation, and we'll see how he handles it. But, uh, but to the the point of this being the unluckiest team in NBA uh, history, off the top of my head, I would put the Utah Jazz out of that because that Stockton Malone team had to go up against Michael Jordan a lot and never won a title basically because only because they played in the same era as Michael Jordan. I think that's a little bit more unlucky than uh, the injury was.
1: That's fair. But I think uh, this Andre Robertson injury, I think it is, you can akin it to Serge Ibaka going down in the postseason. What was that? 2015 Uh, Because they lost those first two games against the Spurs, and he came back, and they won a couple games, but it just wasn't enough to overcome that uh, because of what he gives them. Um, It's a good segue. Uh, The numbers, Andre, I don't know if you, somebody had this tweet floating around, I don't know if you guys saw this, Uh, Mm -hmm. with Andre Robertson on the floor with the other four starters, Oklahoma City has a 95.9 defensive rating, which is best in the NBA or which would be best in the NBA Uh, with that foursome without Dre it's one fourteen point five, which would be the worst in the NBA. And this is one of those things where everybody talks about uh, it should be like a blessing in disguise for the thunder because now they don't have to play four on five basketball on offense. And it's like, Mm. uh, so Eric Horn from the Oklahoma had a nice story up Sunday morning uh, on options for the thunder moving forward. And he had a nugget in there about Dre uh, and his effect on offense and that foursome, the the starting lineup has 110.1 offensive rating. Uh, when Dre takes a seat, it only bumps up to 110.9, and then when they've got Terrence Ferguson in place of Dre for the however many games he started, uh, it's 110.7. So kind of negligible Neg- changes. Dre
0: really has figured out in the last month or so how to work within the offense, doing the back cuts, like just like the one they got hurt on. Yep. He kind of stopped taking threes, you know, doing those sorts of things, Um, just being a good cutter, basically. The stuff that he would do in the the postseason, he has turned into a regular season offense, and it helped a lot.
1: And I don't know, like, so they're going to miss out on the uh, disabled player exception. So that would have been like a $5 million exception that they could have gotten, but that deadline was on January 15th. So they miss out on that. Um, It's hard for them to make a trade now, because... They've got the, the big four uh, that you're not going to trade. And then outside of that, the big salary pieces that you can move are Patrick Patterson at like five and a half million, Alex Sabrinas at five, Kyle Singler at five. And then outside of that, you're moving young guys on low-level contracts for similar in, in, in salary return because they're over the cap. Yeah, Derek,
0: do you want to go over the salary exception stuff that we uh, – so just – to give everyone an idea of how difficult it would be for Presti to pull off a trade, and we know you know he's pulled bigger rabbits out of a hat before, but
1: yeah, so so he's got he's got a, an uphill battle. So like everybody talks about Avery Bradley, uh, that's a name from Detroit that has come up. So he's at eight million uh, salary. So for Oklahoma City to be able to pull that off, you probably have to deal one of uh, Alex Sabrinas, Singler, and or Patterson uh, with that five million. A guy like Josh Hustis who makes about 1.4, and then they have two different uh, trade exceptions that they got over the summer. One of them, what did you say? 2.5. Yeah,
0: um, 2.5 and 1.5. Yeah, but they can't use they can't be combined. So right, it's not four,
1: it's two and a half and one and a half. Right, you can't package them together. Um, so Oklahoma City, uh, really, what it boils down to is if you want to get somebody, you've got to give up somebody that plays a significant part of either your future, how they view Alex Sabrinas, or your rotation right now in a guy like Josh Hustis, uh, who played a lot tonight, or Patrick Patterson, who also played a lot tonight.
0: The problem with Avery Bradley is he's only on a one-year deal. And, and as good as he would be for a stretch run, I think he would give guys like Clay Thompson and James Harden a lot of issues in the postseason and would have a lot of value. And it's a, a better overall offensive player than Andre Robertson. Sam Presti's not giving up Alex Abrines for one year of Avery Bradley, or for two months, mu- two three months of Avery Bradley. I don't know. I if I'm Sam Presti, I'm
2: all in on this season. Like this is make it or break it, in my opinion. But that's just the way I view it. I don't. I don't know. If, I mean, I know Paul George keeps saying all these things about coming back. Yeah, I really. Like, I'm
0: going all in on winning on winning the damn thing this year. It depends on how confident Presti is that he's going to resign Paul George because if. He- he thinks Paul George is going to LA. Then it's really hard to give up Abrinas. you know. Yeah. But at the yeah. same time, it's it's kind of the same thing. You could, you could say, okay, what if Paul he's confident Paul George is coming back? Well, then there's no reason to go all in for this year because then you're gonna have Robertson back next year. And yeah. next, if you have Robertson and PG on this roster next year, would you rather have Alex Abrinus or Avery Bradley? And Avery Bradley would be, by the way, at eighteen to twenty million dollars a season.
1: Most likely. I mean, what's Thunder-
2: uh Jonathan Simmons' contract? He, um, makes,
1: he makes quite a bit. I think he got a significant deal from Orlando. Um, he's a guy that has been floated because of the the three and D ability. Um, I don't think Avery Bradley's gonna gonna earn nineteen million on the open market. I mean, I think that's a little bit much. He's he's having one of the worst years uh, that he's had in his career. His shooting is really low. But I think I think. He he carries a lot of name value, uh, more so than anything else right now. I like Courtney Lee from New York. That's the guy that I want to go, that I want them to go get.
0: Jonathan Simmons is making 6.3 this year, so more manageable than Avery Bradley. And he's on a three-year, so he has two years after this season.
1: Yeah, that would work. He can't, And he comes from the Greg Popovich school.
0: Yep, good shooter. Um, You know, not the defender that Robertson would be, but, you know can hold his own. He's not going to be Terrence Ferguson or Alex Abrinas
1: on defense either. So, George, who is the guy realistically that you, that you want OKC to trade for if they make a deal? Simmons.
2: I think Simmons would be a perfect fit. I think Bradley would
1: have been a perfect fit like
2: maybe a year ago, but he's really not having a great season this year. And he's pretty injury prone, but I think Simmons would fit pretty well with this group. I mean, Robert Covington, like Spencer was saying earlier today, would be sweet, but That's I don't know. I don't think that's possible. So. Philly just has
0: no reason to give up. I mean, did they, uh, do they? They don't have no. They do have a pick, right? They have a ton of picks. Yeah. Yeah, they have ton. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't they trade a, a pick though? Didn't d- doesn't Boston have their pick this year? in uh, The Fultz deal.
1: They've got the the pick that Philly got from Los Angeles. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. But Philly still has uh, a couple oh. picks. But Philly has no reason to trade Robert Covington. They just extended him. Right. Uh, and they worked his deal to where. Uh, it's front loaded. He's making six. They restructured his contract, so he's making sixteen million this year. Oklahoma City has nothing that they can send to Philly to bring that contract back, like nothing. Unless right, so you're sending Steve. That's why Adams. I said Simmons. He's
0: making sixteen million this season.
1: Yeah, and then his extension kicks in next season, and it starts at ten, uh, with with escalating numbers based on the cap. Um, these are so many numbers, Derek. How do you get all these numbers? Another
0: guy that I know George loves that. Right, there's two guys that I jotted down last night. One is Quincy AC, who's not exactly a sexy pick. And then Lou Williams would be Oh god. They're not getting Lou. No. There's no way. It'd be a screw defense move, but you may get enough back on the offensive end that it works. If they got, got Lou, they'd be averaging like one thirty a game. They still wouldn't be Golden State if they got Lou, but it'd be fun.
1: Uh do you see what he did to them the last time he played them?
0: Yeah, no, he's he's a professional basketball player for sure but
1: <laughs> uh, they're also trying I don't know. to extend him and keep him there long term so I don't know what their motivation would be to trade him unless they're getting something well they're
0: not going to make the playoffs this season
1: so if they could get Ferguson and then
0: Oklahoma City's 2021 first round pick or whatever they have to offer then maybe they would do it I don't know he's a what is he 31 year old shooting guard who can't really play defense I he's at peak value right now I would trade him if I was the Clippers
1: and that's gonna be the problem with Oklahoma City is any offer that they can give, somebody else can match. But I guess the flip side of that is that was the situation that they were in this offseason and they still managed to pull PG and Carmelo Anthony. So I guess we'll see. Okay, we need to move on. <laughs> Spencer, you wanna kick start something where you just ask us oh, yeah. a random trivia question each week.
0: Yeah, so I'm just gonna try to stump you guys. And I I, I think what I wanted I wanted to do something this week that involved rookies for some reason just kind of popped into my head may not be rookies every week but uh so here is your trivia question of the week uh who are the only two rookies this season to be in the top five in both minutes per game and assists per game
2: Lonzo Ball and uh De'Aaron Fox nope Derek did I get one of them not gonna say oh come on so I got one of them
1: Minutes per game and assists per game. Yep. Um, hmm. Oh well, I think uh, Ben Simmons has to be one of them, and I think Dennis Smith doesn't pass it enough. I'll go. I'll go Ben Simmons and Lonzo.
0: Derek, Derek hit it. Boom! Dang. Dang.
1: I I forget
2: Ben Simmons is a rookie.
0: Yeah, that was kind of the trick. Tricky part of it is they're both one two. I believe in both. Both of those stats, I closed out of that uh, tab, but yeah, they're that both was- two in minutes and assists. That was a BS question. Yeah, <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> is it? Is that a joke about Ben simmons's initials?
2: Oh, oh, oh! <laughs> wow. <laughs> Literally a Ooh. BS.
0: Question.
2: Wow. Okay.
0: Derek, I will try to. I'll do better next week, and I will. Uh, I'll have something that will for
1: sure stop you. Yeah, do better. let's talk about the all-star game because it's coming up and over since we recorded the first podcast uh, team LeBron and team Steph have picked their teams and it wasn't televised because the NBA sucks and hates all of us Uh, but we know who the teams are I first want to ask both of you guys we'll start with Spencer uh, do you have any issues with the guys that made it or the guys that didn't make it
0: so I only have one so I would have before uh, Boogie Cousins went down, we didn't even talk about him. We should have talked about him in the opening that injury. Uh, right. But before he went down, I would have removed Draymond Green and put in Paul George. But now Paul George is in, so...
1: Okay, so you're fine with everything else? Uh,
0: no, there's one other adjustment that I would make. Uh, I would put in Andre Drummond for Al Horford. And I'm a little bit hesitant to have that take because a lot of the uh, smart basketball media people that I follow were very adamant that Al Horford belonged in the All-Star game. He does. Yeah, and I I know he probably does, but... Andre Drummond is leading the league in rebounds and I believe averaging more points per game and is overall a much more fun player for an all-star game type environment than Al Horford is. And Al Horford just
1: like, feels like a grandpa.
0: Like I don't know why. I just don't like Al Horford. I know mean, Derek's an Al Horford homer from his Florida days, but...
1: He's just... He, he is boring. I'll give you that. He's a boring... Yeah, I mean, he's not unspecific. a great all-star game type player, you
0: know, but... So I would have had Drummond in there. I think he put up numbers. He deserved it. But I can understand the side that uh, Prefer Horford gets in just on overall
1: merit. Okay. George, any issues with who made it? Um, I'm looking at it
2: right now, and for I think Lou Williams deserved to make it. He's having probably his best season ever and probably will ever have. So just based on that, I think he should have made it. I don't know. I, probably over Draymond. I, partially because I just hate Draymond Green. But I also don't think Draymond is... I mean, I think a lot of the reason Draymond is so good is because it's the teammates around him. Here's here's my
1: issue with it. I think that they need... Since since we've done away... I talked about this on the radio the other day. Since they've done away with uh, like the conference designations for the teams, I think it's time to do away with... You need equal members from each conference to represent. Uh, yeah. Because it's very clear that there's more talent in the West than there is in the East. I would have left off John Wall, Kyle Lowry... And then one of either Klay Thompson or Draymond Green.
0: Wait,
2: how is Kyle Lowry in the All-Star Game? Because he's in the East. He's, yeah, exactly. the East. Carl
1: depot's in the All-Star Game, and he deserved it. So I would have put in yeah. – uh, this is before DeMarcus Cousins got injured. I would have put in Paul George because of um, – if we're going to put Klay Thompson in the All-Star Game because of uh, he's a 20-points-per-game scorer and he's a really good defender, why not put in the guy that's leading the league in steals and deflections and is a 20-point scorer? Um, I would have put in Andre Drummond, who is leading the league in rebounding, which Spencer you already touched on. Um, he's been really, really good on defense this season, and he's averaging or he's got a career-high PER. Uh, and I would have put in Lou Williams because I think he's an absolute lock for Sixth Man of the Year, and I don't think the Clippers are uh, fighting for a playoff spot without him.
0: They're not fighting with a playoff spot with, for, I mean, with him. They're not going to get it.
1: They're still in the hunt for it.
0: I mean, sure, technically, but. Listen, Lou Williams is Lou Williams. This is is this the first time that Damian Lillard has been an All-Star in the West?
1: No, he likes to act like he's been just this huge gigantic snub his entire career and he this is like his third or fourth appearance.
0: But he'd missed the last couple of years, right? I mean, the guards in the West are absolutely loaded and Lou Williams is having a great season and, you know, his stats speak for themselves, but, but I would still be hesitant to make him part of the All-Star game. Which is why See, this they just need- goes bad. Go for it, George. Go ahead.
2: Okay, well, I was going to say, this just all goes back to they need to get rid of conferences for yeah. not only the All-Star game, but for the entire league in my oh, opinion. Oh,
0: you, you just want, like, one? I want the 16 best teams in the Europe. playoffs. Oh, okay. So still, like, have scheduling based on divisions and conferences. Right. But I want the 16 best teams in You the can't playoffs. do that, though. You'd have to, because teams in the West have tougher schedules than the team. Teams well, the then just play everybody, what, three times?
1: So then just get rid of conferences this.
0: altogether.
2: Yeah.
0: So basically you're playing. Yeah, that's
2: what I'm saying. Like get rid of all the conferences. I think they're just BS anyways. Okay, like, what wouldn't you rather have just the sixteen best teams instead of To be
0: honest with you, I'd rather have the eight best teams because the first round of the NBA playoffs is Okay, well that's fine with me too. I'll do the eight eight best teams. I mean they they just need to get rid of that first round and make it four teams that make the playoffs. I wouldn't be opposed to that. That could also help get rid of tanking. No, I think it would make Tanking more likely because you have less chance to make the playoffs. Oh, guess
2: yeah. They need to get rid of tanking. It's smart. where are
0: the current system it's is Smart. Built. It's
2: smart, but I don't like it. Like, do you like watching teams that are trying to lose basketball games? Like, that's not
0: fun. Here's the solution to tanking, to avoiding this. So it's called. I think it's called the Tombstone Proposal or something like that. And so the so the game game that you were so let's say like Philly has been a serial tanker for the last five years. So let's say last year. Philly was mathematically eliminated from the playoffs on February 15th. And then Dallas was mathematically eliminated from the playoffs on like February 20th. Whoever has the most wins in the NBA from the moment that they were mathematically eliminated from the playoffs, they get the number one pick. I like that. And it goes from then on. Whoever the second most wins from the moment they were mathematically eliminated, they're the second pick. So, so then they have to try to win after they're, they're already eliminated? The first. 60 games of the season and then the last 20 games or so you're really trying to win to get a better draft pick. that would be interesting that would be cool
1: that would be really interesting i haven't seen that before Um, how did you
2: come up with that did you read that somewhere or are you just like a genius
1: i read that on a
0: tweet um i don't remember
1: exactly when it was you should have just said you're a genius let's move forward are you guys ready to draft your own teams Sure, are we captains? Is, is that what's going on? So here's, oh, here's how we're going to decide oh, who's the picking first LeBron? pick. No, here, one of you is going to be LeBron. One of you is going to be Steph. Here's how we decide who. So we can't pick the other Okay. No. Go ahead. You guys made predictions for OU Georgia, right? Uh, yes. You both both covered the game. Do you remember yes. what your prediction was?
2: Uh, I picked OU to win by two touchdowns. I think. I picked OU to win by less than that. I don't remember. So okay, so he can have first pick. Go ahead.
1: Okay, so Spencer gets first pick. Do you have to – wait, we have to pick the starters first, right? Yep, go through starters first.
0: Yeah. Are we right. pretending right.
1: Boogie's hurt wait. or not hurt? Hang on.
0: Is Le- are LeBron and Steph on the table?
1: No. So, Spencer, you're LeBron.
0: Okay. And George, okay. you're
1: Steph. Okay. Uh, is, wait, is Boogie hurt? Uh, this is taking... before Boogie was hurt. Okay.
0: George, you want the... – <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. I'll take Kevin Durant. Okay, thank God. <laughs> uh, um I I should have done that because George would have never picked Kevin Durant. I really could have just waited until he was the last pick and could have had Kevin Durant on my
1: team. I will take uh, James Harden. Steph and James Harden on the same team. This is kind of hard. This is kind of hard. No, so Spencer, now it's your turn. Okay, I will take Kyrie. I'll take Giannis. Um... Giannis Giannis is averaging
2: 28.5 points a game. Oh, my God. He's incredible. Sorry, go ahead.
0: I will take. Man, I was gonna go. with Giannis next? Man, some of these East starters, like Demar Derozan, really? I'll take Paul George, just out forward. You in the? Start. Wait, what? What? He, is Paul George starting now? No, no this is I before. Don't think
1: so. This is before Paul got hurt. So does so somebody have to take Boogie? Yes, we're just assuming oh. in this fake draft that Demarcus Cousins is still with us and still has the ability to play. Oh,
2: okay, I'll take Boogie. Then I'll, take, I'll take. I'll take Anthony Davis.
1: And I will take.
0: Uh, I need another guard. I'll take DeMar, I guess. That leaves me with uh,
1: Joel, right? Yeah. Okay, so now we pick our reserves. So right
2: now, we basically have
1: the exact same... So the guys took a hot team. minute coming up with their reserves. So in the interest of time, I'm just going to read off who's on whose team. Spencer obviously has LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, DeMarcus Cousins, and DeMar DeRozan as the starters. For reserves, he took Bradley Beal, Clay Thompson, Kristaps Porzingis, Tried to take Paul George again, uh, and we laughed at him. Draymond Green, John Wall, LaMarcus Aldridge, and Kyle Lowry was the last pick. Uh, George obviously has Steph Curry, James Harden, Giannis, Antetokounmpo, Anthony Davis uh, as his starters. With the first pick of the reserves, he took Russell Westbrook, surprise, surprise. Uh, He took Jimmy Butler, Carl Anthony Towns, Victor Oladipo, Damian Lillard, Kevin Love, and Al Horford. So what we're going to do over the course of the next week is we're going to put these teams together on NBA 2K, and we're going to simulate a seven-game series and see who wins. And we will share that with you guys on the next podcast. And back to the show. I think I won. Well, maybe. I don't know. I, I think, think my they're a lot more bad. balanced than the actual teams are. <laughs> Jason Kidd is out in Milwaukee. Yeah, that happened within 12
0: hours of us re- uh, releasing last week's pod.
1: Yeah, uh, initial thoughts on Jason Kidd getting fired. I mean, I saw that uh, that pretty much everybody in Milwaukee, from the from the fan bases perspective, was happy that he was gone. Um, I know he yeah. wanted to trade Jabari Parker. That's come out since he was let go. I mean, it. I guess I understand why he wanted to because Parker doesn't play defense. Uh, quite as well as Kid wants them to play, and he doesn't quite fit defensively what he wanted him to do. Uh, but he's still a talent, um, and Kid just wasn't really maximizing the potential on that team. So it makes sense, uh, and I get it from that perspective, but I don't like it. So,
0: this next hire that they're going to make is critical why? It's because, because of Giannis and his development. So, I'm going to throw a name out here that I think, and this is just pure speculation, I haven't seen it floated anywhere. But what if? The Milwaukee Bucks hired Scott Brooks, a guy that's a proven talent developer, especially with young players, could be patient with him, could help develop Giannis into the MVP candidate that he's destined to become, and also kind of help that Milwaukee team, you know, you know, get its feet under itself for playoff runs in the future. I wouldn't be against it.
1: I don't know how far out there that is, given, I mean, how much longer is he going to be in Washington?
0: I don't think, yeah, I don't think Washington fans or that front office is just enthralled with Scott. Well, Brooks. Washington's imploding right now. Yeah, I mean, I I think Scott Brooks and them could mutually part ways. But listen, that's the one thing that Scott Brooks has proved. I mean, he developed Russ, Harden, uh, KD, and Ibaka. He developed Bradley Beal. Wall was probably already. You probably can't credit Scott Brooks for John Wall, but uh, Otto Porter, guys like that. All he does is develop young talent. So I think if you bring him in. With a guy like Giannis, who's, like you said, George earlier, he's averaging, what, 28 a game this year? So he's not exactly raw, but he definitely has some room to grow still. I think that that could be a really good fit for the next three or four years. And then probably the cycle repeats itself where Milwaukee hits its ceiling in the postseason, and they have to fire Scott Brooks, and Scott Brooks will go coach another young team.
1: Derek, who would you hire? Um, I don't know who I would hire, but I just – like, like it has to be somebody that Giannis wants. I just, I think it's weird that um, this team, in this market, in and, and the type of market that Milwaukee is, is trying to keep Giannis uh, into the future, and they just fired a coach who said player uh, that said franchise is trying to keep called the coach to tell the coach that he was fired and say what can I do to keep this from happening. Like that's just it doesn't feel like smart managing. I don't know. Like, Giannis will like the next coach that comes in, I'm we, sure. I mean, he, he has to. When's his
0: next contract up? I don't I think, even know
1: where he's at. I think he hits restricted free agency. I don't know if they've already extended him or not.
0: I mean, restricted free agency for a guy like Giannis is pointless because he's going to sign a max offer sheet and Milwaukee's going to match it.
1: Um. So so I want to bring something up and feel free to disagree with me on this. We've had three head coaches fired this season, kid making the third All three of them have been black. Why is Rick Carlisle not on the hot seat in Dallas? Why is Dave Yeager not on the hot seat in Sacramento? Why is Stan Van Gundy not on the hot seat in Detroit? Why is Frank Vogel not on the hot seat in Orlando? Uh, There are four black coaches left in the league: Doc Rivers, who people want fired seemingly every day; Ty Lue, who's probably going to get fired; Nate McMillan, who is probably safe because of Victor Oladipo; and then Dwayne Casey. Uh, I don't think it's too far fetched to suggest that he might get let go if they flop in the postseason again. His deal's up in a year. It's, it's a very strange uh, situation.
0: I did not, I had not seen that trend or noticed it, so I'm glad you brought it up. But yeah, I mean, that's concerning. I think, I think Dwayne Casey is probably a little bit safer than than you think. And I think that guys like Frank Vogel and um, I'm trying to remember some of the first guys that you mentioned uh, Dave Yeager, think,
1: Steve Yeager,
0: Rick Carlisle. Dave Rick, Har- Rick Carlisle's a top three coach in the entire NBA. No, I don't think see.
2: I always thought I always thought Rick Carlisle was overrated. I think so opinion. too.
0: Yeah. He won an NBA championship against LeBron James with Jason Terry as his second best player. Jason Terry was
1: really, really good. Don't you no, suffer Dirk? Shirt. And Dirk he Dirk Dirk was Nivisky. so good that year.
0: Dude, it doesn't they beat LeBron in his prime with Jason Terry, Dirk, and old Jason. It was King. their it was the Heat's first year together. No. As much matter. as I
2: hate that excuse, like that has to be part of it.
0: They were still fig- they also I- on the Lakers when the Lakers were supposed to run away with the West. I mean, listen, that Mavericks team was really good, and Dirk got his ring and legacy and all that. Carlisle made that happen, I think. So I, I don't think you can loop him in with that. But back to the point that Derek kind of brought up. I mean, it is concerning. We've seen it in the NFL. The NFL just made. What like seven or eight new hires this offseason, and none of them were minorities. What makes what make what confuses
2: me is how does David Fizdale still not have a job? I think he's a good coach
0: because you don't hire a coach halfway through the year. Yeah, but you can't, I, you I, can't I hire why a not? New coach halfway
1: through an NBA. The sport. Cavs did it, and they won a championship. Well, they just promoted somebody that was already yeah. on staff.
0: Yeah, you, that's completely different.
1: Wait, Ty Lu was already on staff.
0: Yeah, he was yeah. an assistant.
2: I did not know that. Okay, my bad.
0: You can't um, just really bring in an outsider halfway through the season. Now, I expect if to have a job next season, he'll he'll be another candidate in Milwaukee. I think, but I don't know. Yeah, it's concerning.
1: I don't. Okay, I want to talk more about Rick Carlisle because I don't think that he. I, I agree with George. I think he's overrated. Um, and I look at a situation like what happened with Rajon Rondo, where Rondo, for all of his faults, and I don't like Rondo as a player, but he has pretty much worked everywhere that he's gone except for Dallas. And I there's no reason that Ma- the Dallas Mavericks shouldn't have been able to make that work when they brought Rondo in because I remember when that trade happened and we all thought, "Oh my gosh, Dallas is going to be a top 3 team in the in the West." And then they weren't. And now what he's doing with Nerlens Noel and there's no way that you will convince me, like ever convince me that Nerlens Noel can't help that just god awful Mavericks team that's playing Maxi Kleber significant minutes.
0: I think Rick Carlisle is a guy that's really hard to get along with. And I think Rajon Rondo is a guy that's really hard to get along with. And so, I I mean, I think that was just a personality clash and we should have seen that coming that it wasn't going to work.
1: But if you're a head coach and your front office gives you talent, you should be able to swallow your pride and make that talent work. Like you shouldn't be butting heads with somebody that can very clearly help you on the floor and bench him. You should – I mean, you
0: could turn around and say the same thing about Rondo, though. I mean, he should be able to – he should – Dude, I can name five coaches
2: that I would take before I took Carlisle. Name them. Okay. Popovich. Okay. Brad Stevens. Okay. Eric Spolstra. No. Steve yes. Are you kidding me? Okay. Steve... Spolstra has the Heat as the number okay. four seed
0: in their best players, Hashaun Whiteside. i – you're right. I'll give you Spolstra, and I'll give you Kerr.
2: Okay. And then um, – You made me lose my train of thought. Uh, Mike D'Antoni right now.
0: No. Mike Mike D'Antoni's failed a ton. He's never – has he –
2: He's made Chris Paul and James Harden look like absolute – I don't
0: even know. I I would give Daryl Morey more credit for that than Mike D'Antoni. But also I would take issue with giving Brad – making Brad Stevens automatically better than Rick Carlisle given that Brad Stevens – has he even made it out of round two in the playoffs yet?
1: He's been in the – Dude –
0: He's been in the league for okay, 2 years. Derek.
1: Yeah, I, I I agree with all 5 that George just said. I don't
0: think you can I don't think you can say that Yeah, exactly. He's been in the league for 2 or 3 years. How can you say that he's a better coach than Rick Carlisle?
1: He's talking about because who, he who he would take over Rick Carlisle. I would take Brad Stevens over Rick Carlisle. But okay. Like if you had
0: to, if you had to
2: pick any like if you say you were like the 5th pick and like say there's a draft for coaches and you were the 5th pick and Rick Carlisle and Brad Stevens are both
0: on the board. Who you taking today? What's my roster situation? Am I trying to win a championship? It doesn't matter. It doesn't, yeah.
1: matter. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It does.
0: No, it doesn't matter because if I'm rebuilding or I'm, you know, a couple years away from winning a title, I'm trying to build something with serious longevity. I'm going to take Stevens because he's younger. If I have LeBron and Kyrie on my team. You have and the have thunder. The you have the thunder. This season, I'm taking Rick Carlisle because he's done it before and he knows what he's doing.
1: Coaching he's really good age th- doesn't have anything to do with rebuilding. If you you're telling me that if you were on a rebuilding squad you wouldn't bring in Greg Popovich because he's 69. I mean, how long's the rebuild going to be? If it's Philly where it's 5 years or
0: Orlando where it's perpetual, then no. That's a, that would be a bad hire to bring. That's why college football programs that are trying to build themselves up don't go and hire 60-year-old proven coaches. They hire the younger.
1: Well, it's also a lot harder to rebuild a college football program than it is to rebuild an NBA team. An NBA team, you need one superstar player you need to hit one draft and instantly you're really really good like look at Oklahoma City they were terrible and then they Kevin Durant lucked into them at the two spot and then they were a 50 win team Oklahoma City
0: at four home runs in three consecutive drafts
1: but I mean the point remains like Rick Carlisle is just I think he's very very overrated as a coach and I don't understand why uh one I don't understand why more people aren't talking about the situation that's happening with Nerland Snowell, and 2 I I mean it might just be time for them to go to part ways. How
0: is the situation with Nerlens Noel for everybody cuz I like you said I I know a little bit I know he's not playing but there's probably people listening to this that have no idea what you're talking about.
1: Okay, so in the offseason Nerlens Noel had a 4-year $70 million contract on the table with from the Dallas Mavericks after they traded Justin Anderson and I think a first round pick to Philadelphia uh for Nerlens. Nerlens turned it down, uh thought that he could get more money in unrestricted free agency this upcoming summer. Uh, whether that's on the fault of his agent or whatever, he turned down four years, $70 million from the Mavericks. Since then, Rick Carlisle has had him in the doghouse uh, and has publicly said that it's because New Orleans isn't giving effort and he's not practicing and yada, 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 um, and all these, all these other things, and I don't know. Like, th- he's playing Maxi Kleber, he's playing Salah Mejri, he's playing Dwight Powell, he's playing Dirk Nowitzki at the center who can't move his feet. Worth a damn anymore. And you're trying to lose, also. You're trying to develop young pieces, and you have one in Nerland's Noel that you are not even giving a chance.
0: Listen, I, I keep going back to it. I, I mean, are they squandering Nerland's Noel's talent right now? Yes. But I think Carlisle is good enough that he's deserved the benefit, of the benefit of the doubt. And the same goes for Mark Cuban.
1: Well, but at the same time, you gave up a lot to get him there. Like, you you should have him on the floor at the very least so that you're not just losing him. Like, because essentially right now they have lost Justin Anderson, which was a first-round pick from a team that hasn't kept first-round picks in, like, decades, it feels like. And they gave up another first-round pick. And they're probably going to lose him, more than likely going to lose him in free agency because he's not going to want to come back. Like, they burned bridges with people. And that falls on Carlisle.
0: If Mark Cuban wanted to play... Nolan's Noel, I think he would. I, you know, I think don't Carlisle think so. I think,
1: I think, I think him and you
0: Carlisle, think Carlisle is over with Mark Cuban. In I that think, case, he's on
1: a hot seat. I think Carlisle has clout built up with Cuban to where uh, Cuban will let him do what he wants. Yeah, that's what I am saying. Right, right or wrong, I think that that's the situation that's happening, uh, and I don't like that because he's not. I mean, he's not making the right move.
0: So, is he is Carlisle the sixth best coach in the league, or are you going to keep naming ones you think are better?
2: He's a top 10 guy.
0: I think he's a top 10 coach. Let me pull up coaches. Who's the uh... – I'd put him fourth right now.
2: Okay,
1: who's That's
0: ahead fair. of him? That's um, Popovich, Kerr, and um, Skolstra. I'd put him ahead of Stevens just based on career accomplishment.
1: Okay. Uh, I'll throw out a couple names. Uh, Mike Budenholzer with the Atlanta Hawks. Quinn Snyder in Utah. Badger. Billy Donovan.
2: Have we thrown that name out there? Billy D. Billy D's got this team on a seven-game win streak. That's big baller status. How about Lavar? Lavar is undefeated in his coaching status.
0: Hey, Billy D has
2: been to more Western Conference Finals than Quinn Snyder. Well, Lavar has Lithuania undefeated. I'd hire Lavar
1: personally. George, those shoes would be so dope, dude. You guys want to wrap it up on that note? Well, wrap it up. Wrap yeah. it up. All right. Wrap it up. We'll, uh, we'll be back next week and hopefully, I don't know, have something that's not injury news to talk about. And apparently, as we recorded this, Kendrick Lamar put on a show at the Grammys, so... so did
0: Donald Glover at the front end of it. I listened to it. It's, uh, it
1: was so good. Yeah. So good. All right, well, we're going to sign off, and I'm going to go listen to Kendrick Lamar and Donald Glover then. Uh, we'll be back next week. This is the Hardball Podcast. Who are you putting money on? Spencer or George's team? I think I'm at least a three point but... favorite. I don't know. I think my team might win by 15. Yeah, I mean, George got part hard... of